Part three of Scolia on the Incarnation of the Only Begotten by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part three, Article seventeen through twenty seven. Seventeen that christ was not a god-clad man nor did the word of god merely dwell in a man but rather that he was made flesh or perfect man according to the scriptures they who have their faith in christ undefiled and approved by right votes of all men will say that god the word himself out of god the father descended into emptiness taking servant's form and making his own the body which was born of the virgin was made as we and called son of man he is indeed god according to the spirit yet the same man according to the flesh and the divine paul also addressed the people of the jews saying god who manifoldly and in many ways of old spake to the fathers in the prophets in these last days spake to us in the son and how is god the father understood to have spoken in the last days in his son for he spake to them of old the law through him and hence the son himself says that they are his words through the most wise moses for he says think not that i am come to destroy the law or the prophets i am not come to destroy but to fulfil for i say unto you that one jot or one tittle shall not pass from the law till all be fulfilled heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away there is also the prophet's voice i that speak am at hand hence when he was made in flesh then spake to us the father through him as saith blessed paul in the last days but lest we should not believe that he it is who before the ages also was son he added immediately through whom he made the world too he also mentions that he is the brightness of the glory and the impress of the person of the father man therefore was he truly made through whom god the father made the world too and was not as some suppose in a man so as to be conceived of by us as a man who has god indwelling in him for if they believe that these things are really so superfluous will seem to be the blessed evangelist john saying and the word was made flesh for where the need of being made man or why is god the word said to be incarnate unless was made flesh means that he was made like us and the force of the being made man declares that he was made like us yet remained even so above us yea also above the whole creation but i think it due by instances also to prove what i have said and to persuade that the only begotten has been made man and is god even with flesh and hath not rather indwelt in a man rendering him god clad like others too who have been made partakers of his godhead eighteen 
ideas or thoughts god says somewhere of us i will dwell in them and walk in them and i will be to them a god and they shall be to me a people and our lord jesus christ himself too saith lo i am coming and if any man open to me i will enter both i and the father and we will dwell with him and sup with him we are also called temples of god for ye he says are the temples of the living god and again know ye not that your bodies are the temples of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have of god but if they say that he is emmanuel as each one of us has had god indwelling in him let them confess it openly that when they see him worshipped as well by us as by the angels in heaven alike and upon earth they may blush as thinking otherwise and ignorant of the drift of the holy scriptures and not having in them the faith which they delivered to us who from the beginning were eye-witnesses and ministers of the word but if they say that he is therefore god and glorified as god because the word of god the father merely dwelt in him and not because he was made man let them hear again from us if to them who had god indwelling in them it suffices that they might therefore be truly gods and adored by all all are gods and to be adored for he dwelleth in the holy angels and we have him ourselves too in us through the spirit but this is not enough to show that they are by nature gods and to be adored who have the spirit in them not therefore for this is emmanuel god and to be worshipped because the word of god dwelt in him as in a mere man to be considered by himself and apart but because he was made flesh that is to say man for he remained therefore god who is to be worshipped nineteen apostolic sayings wherein christ is called god speaking of the mystery christward he says which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his saints unto whom god would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory whom we preach if therefore he is god clad and not truly god how is himself the riches of the glory of the mystery which is proclaimed to the gentiles or how is god at all proclaimed twenty another for i would that ye know what conflict i have for you and for them at laodicea and as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgment of the mystery of god of christ lo he calls the mystery of god the mystery of christ and wishes certain to have full understanding unto the acknowledgment of it of what understanding therefore was there need to those who would learn the mystery of christ if they were to hear that god dwelt in a man 
for there would be need of exceeding understanding to know on the other hand that the word being god was made man twenty one another for from you sounded out the word of the lord not only in macedonia and achaia but in every place your faith to godward is gone forth lo again he makes mention that their faith was godward while christ too saith he that believeth in me hath everlasting life and the word of the lord he calls the preaching of him twenty two another for yourselves know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain but after that we had suffered many things before and been reviled as ye know in philippi we were bold in our god to speak unto you the gospel of god lo speaking in god he made mention of the gospel of god who preaches christ to the gentiles twenty three another call to mind brethren our labour and travail labouring night and day that we might not be burdensome to any of you we preached the gospel of god among you and again for this cause we too thank god without ceasing because when ye received from us the word of hearing of god ye received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of god which worketh in you which have believed does he not plainly call the preaching about christ the gospel of god and word of god this surely is plain to all twenty four another for the grace of god our saviour hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly and uprightly and piously in this world awaiting the blessed hope and coming of the glory of the great god and our saviour jesus christ lo our lord jesus christ is most openly called god and great for he it is whose coming of glory we awaiting are diligent to live soberly and unblameably but if he be a god-clad man how is he also great god or how is the hope in him a blessed one if so be that the prophet jeremiah is true in saying cursed the man that putteth his trust in man for neither could his bearing god as i said before render him god himself next let them teach us what hinders that all others be gods and to be worshipped to have god in them but blessed paul calls christ god and great and that hath a blessed coming he who is found saying of the jews and of emmanuel whose are the fathers and the covenant and the promises and of whom as concerning the flesh christ who is over all god blessed for ever amen but that by divine revelation he did make his preaching is clear in that himself saith then fourteen years after i went up again to jerusalem with barnabas and took titus with me also but i went up by revelation and set forth to them the gospel which i preached to the gentiles but privately to them who seemed to be somewhat lest haply i should run or had run in vain
he preaching christ to the gentiles as god everywhere calls his mystery divine he went up to jerusalem by revelation and set forth to them who seemed to be somewhat that is to say to the holy apostles and disciples lest perchance he should run in vain or had run but when he had gone down from jerusalem and was again among the multitude of the gentiles did he correct aught of his former teaching did he not persevere in confessing that christ is god and indeed he writes to certain i marvel that ye are so soon removed from him who called you unto another gospel which is not another save there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of christ and he says again but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received let him be anathema for what reason therefore leaving all else albeit they had god indwelling did he preach jesus alone as god twenty five another it is written of christ but when he was at jerusalem in the feast day many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he was doing but jesus himself trusted not himself to them because he knew all men and because he needed not that any one should bear witness of a man for himself knew what was in man if he were a god-clad man how were not the many deceived who at jerusalem believed on his name or how doth he alone know the things which are in man when none else knoweth them for god is said to have fashioned our hearts one by one or why doth he alone forgive sins for he saith that the son of man hath power upon earth to forgive sins why is he alone apart from others the cocessor of god the father why do the angels worship him alone and did he teach us to deem of the father as our common father which is in heaven but ascribeth him in special manner to himself but perchance you will say that words of this sort are to be attributed to the indwelling word ought he not therefore according to the measure beseeming prophets himself too to have said thus saith the lord but when he would ordain the things that are above the law taking to himself authority befitting a legislator he used to say i say to you how says he that he is free and not indebted to god it is because he is son in truth and if he were a god-clad man would he be also free by nature for god alone is free and unbound for he alone exacts as it were tribute from all and receives from all as from debtors due observance and if christ is the end of the law and the prophets yet is a god-clad man might one not say that the end of the prophetic teachings has brought upon us the charge of man-worship again the law set forth thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve by which teaching it led us unto christ as unto a knowledge more excellent than they had who were in the shadow shall we therefore making light of worshipping god 
worship a man who has god indwelling for where were it best that god be conceived to be in heaven or in a man in seraphim or in earthly body if therefore he were god-clad man how partook he like as we in flesh and blood for if because he indwelt him this were enough for him that he should partake of ours like as we and if his so participating is the being made man he indwelt in many saints too he was therefore not once but full often made man why therefore is he said once in the end of the world to have appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself how do the divine scriptures preach to us one coming of the word twenty six note this number break found in syriac only latin continues article twenty five if he were a god-clad man he too it seems was made the temple of god and how is christ in us also as a temple in temples or rather is god in the temples through the spirit if he were a god-clad man why is his body alone life-giving for such should have been the bodies of others also wherein indwelled almighty god and the divine paul also wrote somewhere he that despised moses law died without any mercy at the hands of two or three witnesses of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the son of god and hath deemed polluted the blood of the covenant yet divine was the law and the commandments spoken through angels how then will he be thought worthy of sorer punishment who hath deemed polluted the blood of christ or how is the faith christward better than the worship after the law but as we have already said christ is not as other saints a god-clad man but rather god in truth and he possesses glory higher than all the world because being the word of god by nature god was made flesh or perfect man for we believe that the body which was united to him is ensouled and endowed with reason and wholly true is the union twenty seven how we must understand the word was made flesh and dwelt in us and how the word is sent which is god and how the body is said to be his own the blessed paul makes mention that the only begotten word of god took hold of abraham's seed and also that he partook of flesh and blood as we we remember too the voice of john for he says and the word was made flesh and dwelt in us was it therefore the aim of these men being spiritual to teach that the word of god suffers change or that it is right that he should undergo the mutation which belongs rather to the creature so that that too which he was not he should haply either come to of his own will or another against his will drive him into another nature god forbid for he remains the same excluding from his nature every change 
unknowing to suffer a shadow of turning for that supreme and heavenly nature is ever fixed in its own how then the word has been made flesh it is needful to see first then the divine scripture full often calls man flesh and as it were from part makes declaration of the whole animal and does the same sometimes no less from the soul alone for it is written that all flesh shall see the salvation of god and moreover the divine uttering paul saith i conferred not with flesh and blood and the hierophant moses addressed them of israel thy fathers went down into egypt in threescore and fifteen souls and one would not therefore say that bare and fleshless souls made their descent into egypt nor again that to soulless bodies and mere flesh god gave bounteously of his salvation as often therefore as we hear that the word was made flesh let us conceive of man made out of soul and body but the word being god was made perfect man taking a body endowed with soul and mind and having united this to himself in truth as he knows for thoughts of this kind are utterly unattainable by our mind was called son of man yet if one must say somewhat looking as in a mirror the human mind defines that the word was united to the body having a reasonable soul much as is the soul of man too to its own body which is of another nature than it yet obtains even thus participation and union with the body so as to appear not other than it in that by composition one living thing is affected out of both it nevertheless remaining as i mentioned before in its own nature hence we say that not by mutation or change has the word of god been made man nor yet that it recked not of being god how could it be so but that taking flesh of a woman and united to it from the womb he proceeded forth the same man and god for not as casting away the ineffable generation out of god the father did he endure that of a woman inviting him to a beginning so to say of being but rather permitted to his own flesh to be called into being by means of the laws of its own nature in regard i mean to the mode of its birth nevertheless the human nature hath in him something special for he was born of a virgin and hath alone a mother incognizant of marriage and he says that made flesh he also tabernacled in us that through both he might show that he both was made man and let not go his own for he remained what he was for that which dwelleth is full surely conceived of as one thing in another to wit the divine nature in the human not undergoing mixture or any commingling or passing into what it was not for that which indwells in another becomes not that which it is wherein it dwells but is conceived of rather as one thing in another but in respect of the nature of the word and of the manhood 
the diversity herein indicates to us only the difference of natures for one christ is conceived of out of both preserving well therefore as i said before the inconfusion he says that the word tabernacled in us for he knows that the only begotten incarnate and made man is one son but see i pray that the divine evangelist is wisely crowning the whole nature of men for he says that the word dwelt in us not saying that the incarnation of the word took place for any other reason as seems to me save that we too enriched by the participation of himself through the holy ghost might gain the benefit of adoption therefore we believe that in christ took place in union most complete and true but in us even though he be said to dwell he will make his indwelling non-essential for in him dwelt all the fulness of the godhead bodily that is to say not by participants or relation only as when light shineth in or fire infuseth into other things its innate heat but so to say that very divine and untaint nature is to be understood is that which is making for itself an indwelling by means of a true as we said before union in the temple which is born of the virgin for thus christ jesus both is and is conceived of as one and that our speech is overcome in its utmost possible expression i will not deny but let not the mystery of christ be therefore disbelieved but let it be deservedly more marvellous for the more it overpasses all mind and speech the more must it be put beyond all marvel but we do not say that the word made flesh that is to say perfect man is comprehended by the limit of the body for that were most silly but we believe that thus too it fills as it useth heaven and earth and the things below for all things are full of god and all things little to him but how is he holy both in each and in all is hard to understand and say yea rather is even impossible and he possesses this too as i suppose that he is without body and unportioned yet is the body called by us the own of the word not in the same way as laughing is proper to a man or neighing to a horse but because it was made his by true union accomplishing the use of an instrument unto whatever was its nature to work save only what belongs to sin yea and if god the word be haply said to have been sent let not any one of you be terrified thinking whither shall the unembodied advance or whither he withdraw of whom all things are full but let him know that the mode of mission is of another kind not that he who is sent should change from place to place but rather that he should take on him a sacred ministry which we learn was also enjoined to the disciples by christ the saviour of all again the divine paul too says of christ 
wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our confession jesus christ note that when he shows him ministering in human wise albeit he is by nature god then does he also attribute to him the office of the apostolate but it is not unreasonable as we said before if god the word be said to be sent by the father for he most surely fills all things and in no place at all is he absent but we interpreting things divine by human words are wont to understand economies of the immortal nature by bodily outlines again though the holy ghost fills all things the blessed paul writes and says and because ye are sons god sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts wherein we cry abba father and the saviour himself too saith it is expedient for you that i go away for if i go not away the comforter will not come unto you but when i depart i will send him to you we must therefore referring all things to the rule of piety follow sure knowledge for so doing shall we best profit ourselves. End of part three.